0: killed a man put a gun Welcome in, you are listening to a very special episode of the the KeepTheChange.co.nz podcast, money mail number 146 from memory. One of the first times I've basically handed over the floor, as they say, and let somebody else take the reins by writing and providing a a grunty, uh, insightful piece of content that is very, very helpful for a lot of people. And we cranked this out yesterday. And I know that a lot of people won't resonate with this because they won't be this person. But for a lot of mothers, women on the way through, solo mothers, solo dads, people struggling people with their back against the wall, people feeling hopeless, this will really resonate with them. So often I will get messages from ladies who are trying to raise a child and navigate that, the complexities and the full-time job nature of that, carry on, keep progressing, and the suggestions I think through Keep the Change often are, too far ahead of where they may be at that stage they're thinking well, I can't get a border. I can't be doing a side hustle you know they may be just trying to get through the grind of a lack of sleep and all these different types of things and also maybe on their own and I mentioned this on a podcast and a beautiful woman heard that and said hey you know rang me I've been in that position and I've got myself out if you would like I'd like to contribute a piece of content and I said well That would be amazing. Would you like to come on a podcast? We weren't overly keen on that, but they were keen uh, to send over some thoughts, and I said I will take those and I will basically copy and paste it word for word, and I'll do a quick intro, and we will get it out there to the people of New Zealand. So again, this is not just for mothers, because there are themes in here that could help a number of us. And as I read through it myself, I thought, well, you know, these are a number of things that I'll often talk about. So I will read this to you and also since sending it out which was only 24 hours ago have had a number of emails back from people saying this is an amazing story, inspirational then people have shared a bit about their story and also the same thing about going from uh, a good life with plenty and abundance to it not being there anymore and having to rebuild. So I think as humans we need to remember how resilient we are and how Tough times uh, help make us and they're not here forever, they're often just seasoned so we just have to sometimes just embrace the pain and the hurt and go through it and keep trying to fight through it and then figure out how we can make up for, for lost time if that's so what we need to do but just keep progressing the right way and the right way is forward. Now I called it dear mothers dot 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 and as I say, it's applicable to a lot more, but I knew that this would get a lot of mothers reading and learning, plus other people that were like, oh, what's this all about? So recently I asked readers to contribute their financial stories, and you can do that at the bottom of Money Mail. There's a link if you want to submit yours. There have been some rippers, and I've read out 16 of these. It's podcasts. podcast. There's a second podcast coming soon for you about those. Please listen to it. There's some really good ones in there. Uh, one of these hit a bit differently. Sometimes I get messages from mothers who are single, raising kids, and aiming for the best life for their children. It's really hard to provide insight, ideas and advice to people in that situation. I also understand that I'm not that person nor that profile. So, you know, who wants to learn from some rich, fucking privileged white boy that's got an education, etc. You know, I know that I'm not going to be everybody's cup of tea because I just fit that stereotypical, that's not what the world really needs, but that's obviously a very naive and um, silly lens to take on the world, but I know that that's how some people live and they'll only learn from people where they can see themselves in that situation and, You know I think sometimes a solo mother is going to be more inclined to learn from a solo mother that's gone through the same things just as someone who's starting an accounting practice will come to me and say Luke could you help me figure out how to start an accounting practice, you've gone there and you've been that, and you've you've walked that road, what did you see when you went down there. So uh, this is a really cool example of someone being able to inspire other people simply through the journey that they have gone on. Now I know that my suggestions won't always speak to that person, we often relate to people who are like us, so Rita reached out to me with what they did when they found themselves as a solo parent with two young kids, two and five, and I thought I would share this with you, so enjoy. So this person's story, they were married at 21, had kids young, first child at 23, went from early success in property investment to losing everything and having nothing on my own with two young kids to support, back to building my position up again through property. I brought my very first property at 20 on my own, a small unit in Mount Eden. Using the equity in Mount Eden in less than a year, my partner and I brought a place in Grey Lynn which we moved into and had our first child. I rented out Mount Eden, so they were probably living in Grey Lynn and renting out Mount Eden so they got some income coming in. Then we brought a townhouse as well in Atatū Peninsula, you're probably thinking, geez, it's a property mogul at this stage. And another house in Green Bay, hates property. Each time we brought, we rented the old place out and moved into the new one. By 24 years old we had our family home with no debt and, their, and three rentals all well and truly paying for themselves with good equity because basically they were just doing the classic New Zealand property um, strategy is get a property, use the equity in that one to get into the next one, get a tenant in to pay the bills for the prior one, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Hopefully we keep printing money in the country and house prices continue to go up and the equity increases and you can use the equity to do cool stuff. But nothing that comes that easy doesn't come with complications, right? We've learnt that. Now, we didn't need a 40% deposit down for a rental and the properties we were buying were cash flow positive from the start. It was a buyer's market and it was a rising market. I was working in banking so I knew exactly what... Would and wouldn't get approached or approved by the bank. We were doing the hacks like floor plan changes without moving anything structural to get another bedroom. My husband was a sparky and handy on the practical side. I found the properties and took care of the finance, admin, property management, and design works. They clearly knew what they were doing, right? Very smart. Fast forward three or so years, and after a series of bad decisions, bad decisions removed to keep this anonymous. So I, I add that in. I didn't want to share what those things were, uh, but I do know what they are. Um, They separated with nothing to show. I was living living with my two kids, two and five, to support on my own. I know what it's like to be living off nothing, yet I don't look back on that period of my life as a negative patch. It gave me strength. I flattered in Mount Eden with an awesome bunch of people to keep costs down. I learnt to Make do with very little. There is zero fat in the budget for anything, but we had heaps of fun, and the kids had lots of my time. We ate good, healthy food. My oldest went to a great school. My youngest was at a full time was at home full time with me. It's a time of life both that the kids that both the kids and I look back on with really good memories. I don't think my friends noticed that I had less than them at that time. I think the kids knew that their situation was different than most of their friends, but very they were very happy. I went back to work a couple of years later when my youngest was four and my financial situation improved each step I made from there. So I went back to work a couple of years later. So they're probably two years of needing some form of government support, I'd imagine. I didn't ask that specifically or know if that is the case, but had to be getting some money from somewhere, right? So, you know, two years to get back on the feet and then get back into it. So we went back to work a couple of years later, and I've spent my whole working life in finance. So I have 25 years of money experience, and that's given me insight into so many different people's financial situations, from sending demand and working with clients in debt recovery, so that's basically chasing people for their t- to pay, uh, consumer debt consolidation loans, home loans right through to working with ultra-wealthy family office clients, some of whom are billionaires, many of whom had hundreds of millions, and that actually offered to put some content together on that as well which will be interesting to cover at some stage there are lots of things like side hustles paying down consumer debt etc that you have already covered what I learned is a single period to add to that so let's get into it number one thing in capitals you need to have hope that things can be different and confidence in your ability to get you there in, res- in research speak self-efficacy you need to believe that if you consistently put in the work to improve yourself, educate yourself, learn from others who have been in your situation, make mistakes and pick yourself back up again, that if you do all of those things and that and you are considered about it, that there's absolutely hope for a different, better financial future, that you will find a way. If you don't have a belief in your abilities, you'll get stuck when you are, where you are. Research Martin Seligman and Stephen Mayer came up with the concept of learned helplessness in the 60s. The theory is used to explain why when someone is repeatedly exposed to failure or a lack of control over a negative outcome, they will lose hope. So even when they are in a situation when they do have control over the outcome, they will remain paralyzed. So we need hope, right? We need hope in our lives and we need the belief that we can get closer to those outcomes of hope. There are plenty of people who have grown up with learned helplessness with money. They will be in situations where they do have control over the outcome, but they will remain paralyzed and get the outcome they are trying to avoid because they don't believe it can be different. They can't see a way out. They don't see opportunities when they show up because they are blind to them. Does this sound familiar? I've had periods in my life like this. I see people who have no hope or confidence in their ability to ever own a ho- home home or house and it shows up in them not starting the savings journey for a deposit because it seems unsurmountable. I had this the other day when someone messaged keep the change and they said the biggest thing getting away in their financial progress is knowing that they'll never be able to afford, to afford a home. So then they won't start doing anything, right? Because the belief is already set that it's not possible. So why the fuck would you start anything? But... It can because other people are buying homes. So it it has to be possible in in different ways, right? We just have to change the circumstances. Back to this person's brilliant email. It says, it shows up and they're not exploring other ideas for homeownership like going in with a group to get a foot in the door, financing a tiny home or any number of different options. If you don't have confidence, you don't see options, you just see a closed door It shows up in them continuing the same bad financial habits because they think they can never get out of the situation they're in, so they don't even bother trying. If you don't have hope and confidence in your ability to get you there, find someone who's been in your situation and knows how it can be done. I feel like Mike and I always tell you to do that. A great place to start with reading about mindset would be Man's Ultimate Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl and anything from Carol Dweck or Tony Robbins. Uh, I've seen Tony Robbins on station media he just seems like a real self-hoop guru. I'm not into that stuff. Well, are you into your situation? Are you into the fact that you're not where you want to be? Perhaps it's time to learn from some different people. Side note: That man's ultimate that, that that this person who wrote the email didn't talk like that. Okay, they didn't say that. That was me. As soon as I started putting the Tony Robbins like anti thing on there, now man's ultimate search for meaning by Victor Frankl. I've heard a number of people say that this is a brilliant book, and I'm actually going to uh, put this one on the list to to read through. Now, back to the email. If you work on this one step, you'll figure out all of the other steps by yourself because you won't give up or stop looking for options. You don't need to start your journey to be a better financial future with knowing how you're going to get there. You need to start with hope that it's possible and confidence in your ability that you'll find a way to get there. See, that's got nothing to do with being a solo mother. That's just genuine, brilliant foundations for all of us in our finances. Next one, put your own oxygen mask on first, just like the plane teaches us every time they read out the safety warning. Look after your health, your emotional well-being, yourself as an individual. As a parent, you aren't doing your kids any favours if you run yourself into burnout by not filling your own cup. See it as setting an example of how you want them to look after themselves. I see this so often with single mums that they give so much that there is nothing left and that's not healthy for anyone. You'll be better off in all aspects, including financially, if you look after yourself because you'll be in a more resourceful headspace. Next one. If you are trying to change your situation, change can take time. The first period of working towards something is always the hardest with the least amount of traction. Just stick to it and don't give up. At some point, you will have a breakthrough and then the pace of change compounds. I've seen this when trying to build a business so can completely relate. Sometimes it just feels like you're grinding and not actually making progress but you have to believe that eventually it will turn and I've had my moments of going, fuck, when will it come? But It always comes, especially once you believe that it will. For me, it was getting back into property. While you are paying off debt, you are working against compounding interest. Once you've built up some assets that that compounding interest is working for you. Thankfully, I didn't take on any consumer debt, so I didn't have anything to pay off, but saving my deposit for my next house both took time and progress was slow. It was frustrating that I felt like it was going to take so long to build things back up again. The thing is, it did take a while at the beginning, but I would never have imagined where I would be in five years time or in 10 years time. A lot can change. Again, can completely relate through running a business from day dot to year five, thinking, wow, it's actually not that long of a time when I compare it to other things I've done in my life, like go to uni or schooling and stuff, and think, shit, look what I've been able to achieve. But sometimes during those years, i like, far out. This is taking so long. The legendary writer then says, the next one take extreme ownership of all outcomes in your life. Keep your focus on what is within your power to control. Now, some people just don't like this concept, right? They want to believe that, no, you know, it's not up to us that, you know, the. The universe will just do it for us or that the government might or that my employer should or, or whatever. But they're saying take extreme ownership of all outcomes in your life. You might not like where you are in your life right now. It might not be your fault. It might not be fear. If you want to get ahead, then focusing on whose fault it is or what's unfair or whatever injustice life has dealt to you will only keep you stuck where you are. God, that's good. Just take ownership that you're going to be the one to get yourself out of it. If what you want is to improve your situation, what matters is where you are right now and what you can do about it. You can't always choose your situation. You can choose your response to the situation. Get on with life and play the hand you have. Focus on what is within your control to change. The quicker you can move on and do this, the quicker you can start working towards your goals. A couple of really good books, if this resonates, are Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink and Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Isn't it amazing how a solo mother, who has rebuilt themselves from a horrendous situation of going from having abundance of things to having nothing and going through a lot and being on her own with two children and then going back flatting, is recommending reading books that blokes have written. It's not all like, oh, it has to be from a woman, it has to be from a guy, like bin all of that shit. We're fucking humans that look after each other and we can learn from each other. So don't worry about whether they have a penis or not. Just consume the content that is going to help you get ahead in your life. There are seasons in life and it's okay to be... They obviously didn't say any of that. That was me interjecting there. There are seasons in life and it's okay to be in a financial winter, particularly if you want to prioritise other things like family, When my marriage first broke up, I had two young kids to support, two and five. I could have gone out and gotten work at that time, but I decided to stay at home. In hindsight, I'm really glad I took a couple of years to regroup, focus on my family and find myself again before re-entering the workforce, and that's okay. I was reeling from the shock of the breakup. I wasn't in the right headspace to go out and find a job, but in my head, I always knew that it was just a season and it wasn't permanent. It's okay to accept that you're in a particular financial situation now, but also be using that wider uh, that winter to prepare yourself for the next growth phase. How good's that? And for a lot of people, they might be entering a winter at the moment where things have gotten a lot harder. But we've got to try and get ourselves ready to then plant for the next season. Investing yourself. If you're in a winter, you can still use this time to soak up every bit of information you can to better yourself when the spring comes. While I had my time off, I did most of my papers towards a diploma of business. I served people around me. Notice that word, I served people around me in ways that I could. And while that didn't bring any finan- anything in financially during that particular time, it meant I felt good about the contribution I was making. And I think life gives you back to you tenfold what you, or when you have the attitude of looking for ways you can help others. God. It's good. Learn new bankable skills for when you do return to the workforce. Use free online learning like Khan Academy. I never even heard of that. Khan Academy. K-H-A-N Academy. Seek out financial education and support. There are so many resources available to help single mothers improve their financial literacy. Sign up to blogs. Commit to reading financial books. Look for financial education classes or mentoring programs in your community. Go to a budget advisor or financial advisor. Ask for free money programs and courses at your bank. A great starter would be the Robert Kiyosaki Rich Dad Poor Dad books or websites like sorted.co.nz the next one hard times can make you stronger and less fearful if I can survive on nothing supporting two kids then there is nothing to fear financially as I've already faced my worst my worst case financial scenario and it was still a great life I was very blessed in that I had a brilliant support network the less you need the more well off you are read essentialism by Greg McKeon I'm probably going to write that one down It applies to life in general, but should be also applied to finance. It's about stripping your life back to only the few things that are very important or essential, both in terms of your time, your work, but also your possessions and your spending. When applying this to finance, it's not about frugality. It's about being intentional about what you want to spend on and cutting out everything you don't. Buying quality and what you love, but not buying anything you don't love. It's the opposite of consumerism. Now, just to interject here, I had an email this week, team, from someone in their 70s saying, thanks, I've just signed up to Money Mail, do you have any tips for me? Uh, I'm in a very interesting financial situation where I'm going to do X, Y, Z, um, and I usually only buy things that uh, that I really need. Oh, now that I write that, actually, I do uh, buy things that I don't need, and I buy jewelry every time I get paid. They're in their 70s, and I have a credit card that was in the excess of five figures. Do you have any tips for me? I'm like, holy shit, 70s, you know, I said, look, Uh, I'm not here to provide financial advice, but one, don't buy things that you just told me you know you don't need. That's the first thing to tidy up. And secondly, if I were you, I'd probably tell my kids or my family of the financial situation that I was in or that I should probably be trying to get rid of this credit card because there's a high chance that your kids would look at you as parents and think, oh, they'll have everything sorted out because that's naturally just what we do, right? So that was pretty mind-blowing for me. Back to our email, prenup. I should have gotten a prenup, but I was young, optimistic, and naive. No one enters a marriage with the intention of it falling or failing, but people change. You'll both change, 100% guaranteed, and unless you both stay committed, sometimes it doesn't work out. If you go into a relationship with an imbalance in assets, then a prenup can make sure that you agree on what happens to those pre-relationship assets should you split. If you are single now, chances are it may be something you need to consider in the future. The next one, everyone has luck. On one hand, not everyone is prepared or willing to run with the opportunity when luck comes along, so they miss out on what they could be good luck for, or what could be good luck for them. On the other, anyone who tries to take full credit for where they are and what they've achieved without acknowledging at least an element of luck in their life is not being honest with themselves. The two work together, luck and preparation. Early on, I attributed a lot of my success to knowing the property market well and understanding finance. The truth is, I was lucky that I brought in a rising market, and that made it so much easier to buy more property i didn 't know as much as I know now about the global economy, monetary policy, what might be around the corner next, but you have to be but you have to be in you have to take action, take a risk of I take a risk to be able to benefit from luck. I was unaware of a lot of other risks and have far more experience and knowledge now but probably less appetite for risk. I remember at the time trying to talk to friends about using the money they were paying in rent towards a mortgage and many weren't interested as it would mean they might have to take a step down in their living initially. I had a good head for numbers. I was prepared to take action and they weren't and I was prepared to take an initial downgrade in my living standards than what I could have afforded in order to invest and they weren't. So the rewards for me were really good. That is the end of this scripture it's almost biblical isn't it there's some absolute brilliant themes in there and i love the way that they've broken down broken it down um and it's just so cool to see someone go through a massive change in their life and be able to bounce back and i find those things incredibly inspirational i just don't get people who don't like i don't i don't get people who would read that and be like yeah you know that's, that's they'll, they'll they'll have a reason why this isn't like wouldn't work for them but I think it just goes back to the very start of this where this person talks about having the belief. For a lot of people, like I, I don't know how to teach that, but like, how do you teach someone to have hope and the belief? You, you, you'd hope that that's just what happens for most people. But for a lot of them, it doesn't, right? And that's where we see people just repeat the cycles of maybe what they've been nurtured towards. But then in the same time, you'll have people that come out and go, that was my upbringing or my situation, and I'm going to break the cycle, and I'm going to do things completely differently. So The world's a fascinating place and this is a great blueprint to look at some of the things that are going to be able to help you and no one can condense their entire life's learning or even a decade or five years of learning into one single email right and there are books that this person suggests, there are different resources, there are ways to think and so they've obviously done so much study to try and figure out how to ensure that they hold on to that hope, that belief and keep moving forward. And when you are struggling with something in your life, I strongly suggest that you try and put some positivity into your ears and you try and get around some content where you can rehold that belief that maybe you're just in a season, that you do have hope that things can be different, that you can still see into the future and see the things that you would like and that you know that the person in the mirror is the person that's going to be able to help you get there. And you high-five that motherfucker and you say yes, we are down at the moment, but we can be back and we can be bigger, stronger, better, whatever it is that you want, because it is possible. But when we are feeling low in these moments of hurt, all we feel often is just the hurt and I'm stuck here and this is my life now. But like this person tells us, it's just a season. The winter doesn't stay forever. The summer doesn't stay forever. A recession doesn't stay forever. Growth doesn't stay forever. These are the cycles that life goes through, and we have to try and figure out how we can deal with them when they come up for us. Keep going. Put your oxygen mask on first. PS, you're one of over 7,000 recipients. Plenty of people signing up recently, which is really cool. If you know someone you could share this with, that would mean a lot. If you're listening to this podcast, please give it a five-star review. Trying to get 1,000 reviews, and there are 605 at the time of recording this, which is pretty bloody cool. Over 14,500 monthly listeners, did you know, in 2020, almost one in five New Zealand single parents said they do not have enough money for their everyday needs? That figure would have increased now too, surely, in the economy that we're in. So in 2020, almost one in five New Zealand single parents said they do not have enough money for their everyday needs. That figure definitely would have increased. Now, of course, that's going to be subjective because people would have different understandings of what they think they need. Um... You know, this is a fucking hard position to get yourself out of. And like this beautiful person tells us, it took them two years in this season to just try and regroup, to regroup, and then get going again. And that's okay. What's two years in an 80-year life? Exactly. Hopefully that has inspired you. I know it's inspired a lot of people because I've had a lot of emails about that and it's really, really cool to see. Please look after yourselves out there. If you want to add in something about your financial story, you'll find the link in Money Mail. Chuck this on your Instagram story if it's really talked to you and get other people listening to it. I would appreciate that a lot. Be good, and we'll see you in the next episode of Money Mail.